Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, welcome back to What the Heck is Crypto. We started this episode a little prematurely. The audio wasn't on. Stephen was paying me a compliment. He said, I'm well read. Isn't that right, Stephen? That is correct, yes. Yeah, and he's not wrong. He's not right because, you know, <laughs> I don't think, look, I read, um, I read like most of you, the internet, the trades, Google, uh, TMZ. Uh, where the sidewalk ends, probably my last real my last real like novel and see look just the fact that i call it a novel lets you know everything you need to know about my consumption of words that being said um today's show is not about words it's about cash money and big big earnings sellings um companies making splashes in the bitcoin world uh, let's just get right into it. First of all, Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Just got over my, uh, my little COVID spell here. Did you lose and your taste? I did not. Not, did not like, not your actual mouth taste, like your taste in music <laughs> or, uh, women. Uh, fortunately, no. Great. Still impeccable. I, I did lose, <laughs> I did lose my, uh, taste when I got the vid and, uh, my, uh, my fiance looks over at me and goes, well, too bad you don't like uh, eating ass. And then I looked over and I was, and then she, and then, and then I went, yeah. And there was just kind of this awkward beat. And I looked there and I was like, I mean, is that, was that your way of saying like, you want me? Anyway. And then it got in this whole conversation of like, oh, that for both of us actually, which is just another reason why she's my person. We're both like, yeah, that's what you do when you've done everything. When you've crossed everything off your bucket list, including like bungee jumping into the Grand Canyon which is pretty much what you're doing when you're eating ass. Um, but that's just my take. It's not the take. It's just my take. Steven, I don't care to hear your ass-eating uh, thoughts, but what I do care to hear is your thoughts on Tesla selling 75% of its Bitcoin. This week, Tesla earnings reported, uh, well, they, they revealed that the company sold 75% of its Bitcoin uh, stack worth Check this, $936 billion. Million. Elon, huh? Million. That'd be, a, that'd be a hell of a lot of Bitcoin. 
That'd be, that'd be all the Bitcoin. I just read what's in front of me. Like I said earlier <laughs> to start the show, not well read, can't even read. Elon said the car maker, uh, after selling 936 million of his Bitcoin stack, uh, sold to maximize its cash position given the uncertainty of the COVID lockdowns in China. He added that Tesla is open to boosting its Bitcoin exposure in the future. Question for you. First of all, 936 million worth of uh, Bitcoin stack. Is that a lot? You're doing well. Does that make sense for Tesla to have that much? It's a lot of coin. Not a big deal, I guess, when your, your company's worth like a, a, a trillion dollars. Yeah. You know, just a, just a rounding error for you You're at that point. For, uh, for people like you and me, it's a, it's a good amount of change. Uh, do you believe Elon's reasons for selling Bitcoin or do you think there's an ulterior motive here? Oh, that they did it to shore up cash because uh, China COVID. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I think uh, I think Elon. It's a combination of two things. I think I think uh, as a company, right? Your your biggest concern is to not look like a freaking idiot, mm-hmm. right? So when uh, I think when Bitcoin started crashing, they were like, "Oh, we can." Uh, we, we, we got to get the hell out of here. Otherwise, we're going to look real dumb on the next earnings report. Um, I think Elon is just, he's just, he's just making stuff up. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think China was a concern for him with the, with the uh, Bitcoin. I think he's a, I think he's a bit of a shyster, to be honest. He's a bit of an opportunist. He's a, he's a PR guy. He, he bought the coin when it would kind of serve him. And then he kind of got rid of it when it, when it didn't serve him. And that's, that's my take on that. Yeah, I mean, look at what he just did with Twitter, like buying Twitter and then basically being like, psych or oops. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you buy something like that. And then, I mean, I can't speak to his reasons. I think it was something about like, I mean, obviously, like as soon as he bought it, people were like, oh shit, now all the people that have gotten silenced and canceled on there are going to have just free reign. I guess he was, I, I don't know the true reasons for him doing it other than a power push, but um. I think I mean, he did just, it so he could sell his stock. I think, I think it was a cover for wow, him to liquidate wow. $8 billion in stock without crashing wow. Tesla. He's like, hey, guys, I'm going to buy Twitter. I need, to, I need to sell this stock. Nothing to do with Tesla. I'm still really bullish on Tesla. I just, just got to sell the $8 billion in stock to, to, buy, to buy Twitter. Wow. You know? God. So when you're an evil genius like this, you truly can just take advantage of most people. Oh, yes. And the system. Yeah. Wow, just oh, yes. using and abusing all of us who don't understand why we're. Are you, uh, are, are, you a, are you an Elon fan? I look anyone who's not a comedian that hosts SNL. I I uh, I have a problem with, but then at the same time I go, fuck, I get what. Yeah, I don't know. I I yeah. I mean, look. That being said, like Ryan Gosling does a great job on SNL, but he's still an actor, and it's that makes sense. I'm talking about people like Kim Kardashian, Elon Musk. Donald Trump, fucking Eli Manning. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess I just, I, I want to see the best possible version of that show when it's on. And, uh, <laughs> and that's not that. That's just a, uh, that's clickbait and a, and a, a fame splash. But, um, did, but yeah, did you I know, know that, uh, did you know that Elon basically topped the crypto market last year with his uh, SNL appearance? That was basically the, the, that was basically like the top of almost every single coin, like a Dogecoin. That was the top, like the Jesus. day he went on SNL and talked about Dogecoin. That like whenever that happens, you gotta just 
sell everything. It's 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 so obvious in retrospect. Yeah, but there you go too. By the way, he. Pro- I mean, that was probably a ploy. I mean, for sure. Like, who knows if like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I just I don't understand Lauren Michaels' reasons for having him on unless there were some sort of you know backdoor Bitcoin fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, but uh, the triple B's baby. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's a little bit of a shyster. I think that the face always matches the crime. Carol Baskin, does she look like a a woman who fed her husband to tigers? Yeah, dude. Have you seen her smile? She smiles. (laughs) She can't help but smile like she just fucking farted in a pillowcase and you laid on it or she uh, murdered her husband. She just looks like uh, the person that would do that. And Elon's got the similar, uh, you know, makeup above the neck but you know good on you the world is uh is your oyster as they say and um i don't know is it bad for bitcoin that uh that elon's doing this i mean does he doesn't clearly give a fuck but is it bad i think like like most things there's a there's a strong yes case there's a strong no case um i would say in the short term it's it's not bad because they already sold, right? It's not like they're selling a billion dollars of it tomorrow, right? It's not like they announced they're going to sell. They sold in, uh, they sold in like May, I think. Um, there, there's a lot of uh, word going around that they, they're actually the ones who like caused the huge liquidation cascade that sent Bitcoin from you know twenty eight thousand all the way down to seventeen thousand or so, and blew up all these hedge funds. A lot of people are uh, a lot of people are memeing on. Uh, on Twitter that basically Elon liquidated everybody by selling everything. Right. Um, so that can kind of be bullish in a weird way because it, it can sort of signify that, Hey, everything already blew up. We already liquidated everybody. Tesla sold all the funds went under. Maybe that was the bottom. So in that, in that case, like, I, I don't think it's bad. I think long run though, like this is really, it's really shitty for Bitcoin because Bitcoin has always had this uh, narrative of, oh, all the corporations are going to buy it. They're going to put it on their balance sheet. Um, and that like really hasn't come to pass. Like other than a micro strategy, it's not really any large corporate. I mean, I guess Square holds a little bit, but basically nobody bought Bitcoin. And Tesla was the golden child of this narrative, right? When Tesla bought Bitcoin, all the Bitcoiners were, were like, okay, this is it. This is the Bitcoining. This is like, this is, we're going to a million now. Everybody's going to do it. So them selling kind of really kills that narrative of, of corporations buying Bitcoin. I think the additional thing that's bad is there's this uh, large narrative out there that Bitcoin is really bad for the environment because it just, you know, it burns enough, like more electricity than most, most small countries do. Sure. Um, so, a, you know, a green company like Tesla, who's kind of commented on how this is a bad thing, you know, unloading it, it's, 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 it's not good. So I think short term, it's, it's maybe oddly bullish, but I think longer term, it's, it's, it's not good for Bitcoin. Do you need like these types of celebs in the Bitcoin universe to, um, I mean, just, I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't call you on the face of it, but like people that are invested as he is with the, uh, you know, resume he has, does it help or hurt an overall uh, situation when they're involved for better or for worse? I guess is my I, first question. I, th- I think more often than not, it hurts because everybody is always really 
eager to welcome these people like into mm. the club and they're like, oh elon's buying elon's the best right yeah, and then right. when they turn around and it turns out they don't really understand bitcoin or they did it as like a cynical pr play or something and then they dump their holdings then everybody has to flip-flop and talk about why elon is actually stupid and we never liked elon we never wanted him there in the first place um like bitcoin is supposed to be the thing that like transcends all, all cults of personality and human nature and all these things. It's just supposed to be mathematical code, you know, something you can just hang your hat on and you don't need celebrity or any, anything like that to, to, to push it through. So I, I think ultimately Bitcoin doesn't need that. And when this happens, it's just, it just causes, causes like uh, more long-term harm than good. Although I will say like, I, even though you don't need celebrities on board, I, I do think, I'm a bit of a realist. I think you need the elites mm. on board. I think eventually you need the people who kind of run the world, right? Not not necessarily like uh, famous actors and, and and athletes, but the guys who make laws or the guys who donate right. to the guys who make laws, the big money people. I think ultimately, if they don't come on board, I don't know if this stuff ever really takes off, or if it does, it's going to be something that may take just decades to play out. And I, I don't have that long to wait, quite frankly. I don't either. Well, first of all, you know, you just got your taste back. And um, <laughs> so, you, you know, you're, you're jumping into the deep end with your pants on, which I did, by the way, yesterday in Lake Washington. Uh, real quick tangent. And this is a good uh, metaphor for life. I had an opportunity to get on a inner tube with my uh, nieces. I did not bring a suit. I didn't plan on going in the water. I jumped in on my shirt and pants. I uh, eventually took my shirt off because I'm not 12 and embarrassed about my man boobs anymore. But, um, but because uh, they firmed up into pecs, you know, and uh, and I'm proud of the transformation. But yeah, circa you know 28 years ago, I mean, there's there's fucking I am jumping in that pool just as fast as I'm jumping out, covering my uh, everything above the belly button, uh, just hoping that uh, that my uh, friends' dads don't get a glimpse so that they don't make some sort of, you know. Titty joke. All right. So um, I think when the, the things that catch my eye in this world are things that I connect to and that I understand like right away. It's almost like simple math when I was trying to get uh, good at certain math, uh, you know, uh, avenues in high school for the uh, SATs. Like I'd go super early to try to figure out the quadratic formula at like 6 a.m. with uh, with Mrs. Crowley and, um, you know, her love for math was already off-putting and the way that she talked to me about my lack of understanding of the quadratic formula was, uh, unnecessary to say the least, but I digress. I wish her the best. That being said, if I fucking use that formula ever, nope. Um, has anyone ever come up behind me at gunpoint at an ATM being like, Hey, what is negative B over two a mean? Or give me your money. I'm like, cool. This must be a NyQuil dream because this isn't a real scenario. But <laughs> last week, video game retailer and juggernaut and, uh, and hauser of all, uh, you know, <laughs> wet dream pre-comers, GameStop finally launched its NFT marketplace. GameStop is, I consider, the YouTube of gaming, right? They, they, are, they house all the shit. They put themselves in a position to go, we're your one-stop shop, GameStop stop for, uh, for all things Xbox, PS, fucking, you know, just, you know, if you want a, a retro Sega Saturn Gran Turismo cartridge, we got you. Or disc. Anyway, this platform, immediately when I see this, I go, okay, cool, GameStop. I know what these uh, guys do. I've been there. Uh, I support. The platform recorded 
over a million in sales just hours after it launched its NFT marketplace. Welcome back to Duh with Adam Ray. These numbers absolutely destroyed the recently launched Coinbase NFT marketplace, which just did 74,000 in sales in its first day. First of all, GameStop, uh, what prompts, contributes, uh, allows them to uh, do what they just did? GameStop is a is an interesting company, right? They're uh, they're not they're not afraid to uh, YOLO, as we've seen in the the world of finance uh, lately. Not not just them, but the uh, investors of their uh, stocks and options. I, I think you remember the uh, the GameStop squeeze of last year, oh, where yeah. uh, they <laughs> they set the stock to the moon. Yes. Um, so 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 game uh, GameStop has really sort of embraced the internet meme type culture, and it's it, it's a short bridge from there to kind of like the world of NFTs and NFTs and gaming have a lot of overlap. So this is like a really natural fit for them to, to do something like this. I think it's mm. a really cool, innovative play uh, as a company. Um, I think that you're going to see more of this in the future from like, like everybody. I think you're going to see like Brands like Nickelodeon and Disney, you know, anybody who has this IP, this is, this is sort of like the next phase of, of crypto, in my opinion, um, is, is like giving artists, giving creators, giving, you know, people who have intellectual property, who create intellectual property, a, a new way to like monetize that, mm-hmm. you know, we all buy or we have bought in the past, you know, Disney, Disney merch, Disney stuffed animals, whatever, Disney lunchboxes, you put those characters on everything. Um, NFTs are kind of perfect for that. And they, they, they also fit really well into the sort of uh, Gen Z, uh, Uber gambler, YOLO mindset. People like collecting things, people like gambling, people right. like, um, you know, characters or wh- whatever, at, at trading cards, things they, they like to collect stuff. So it, it, it makes, uh, makes sense to me that we see this and we're going to see more of it in the future. And I, I tip my hat to GameStop for uh, being a uh, tip trailblazer it. in the space here. What kind of hat? Fedora, beanie, cowboy? Uh, I've, I've never bought a fedora. I, I usually just wear, Get the wear fuck baseball, out of here. baseball I don't believe caps, you. Well, you got nice bitch. hair. The viewers can't see. Steven's got a nice, uh, a nice dew on top of his dome. Um, Thank you. Okay, so the numbers are crazy. Uh, what happened in the Coinbase NFT market space where 74 doesn't sound like a lot? Yeah, I mean, uh, Coinbase launched, what, when was that? Early, early May, I yeah. think. This was like a very hyped product launch. Everybody's like, oh my God, NFTs are the next big thing. Coinbase is going to do NFTs. Now everybody's going to be able to get access to NFTs because they can use Coinbase. It's going to be a huge thing. And uh, yeah, it was a disaster. They did 74,000 um, on their first day. To, to, to put that into context for people, on, on the day that Coinbase launched and did 74,000 in sales, uh, OpenSea, which is the, the largest NFT marketplace, the, mm. the, 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 basically the only one for, for a long time, um, OpenSea did 177 million that day. So 177 million, uh, 74,000 for Coinbase. OpenSea, uh, at one point last year only had like, like eight or nine employees or something. Coinbase has thousands. Wow. Um, so this was like a total disaster. It's probably the worst product launch I can think of, uh, anybody doing for, for anything ever. It was, it was that big of a disaster. So 
a huge relief for me to see like a company come in and actually do this properly. Otherwise it was going to start looking bad for the whole industry. What is, um, yeah, totally. What is, uh, what do you think is more successful? Uh, the, uh, the GameStop marketplace or the GameStop NFT marketplace? Oh, you you mean like what's, uh, like what, why, why is it, why is it successful? Like, yeah, why, why is it, why is it more successful than Coinbase? I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the big difference here is that the Coinbase marketplace was like a, it's like a custodial marketplace. Mm. And what I mean when I say that is um, when you do stuff on Coinbase, right? When you buy Bitcoin, you buy ETH, um, you don't, you don't actually have the Bitcoin and ETH. You've sort of outsourced it to another company they're taking custody of it and they have a little database and they update, you know, the amount of ETH you have in, in, in their database. And that's what shows up on the screen. But like, you don't have those coins. They're not like on chain. Like when we talk about crypto, we talk about doing things like on chain, like a, on the actual blockchain, as opposed to on an exchange um, in their little app there. Uh, NFTs have just always existed on chain. They've always been traded on chain. The, the people who use them are all, crypto people for the most part, or they have like experience interacting with crypto. Um, so when Coinbase launched, they tried to build this little like walled garden that existed sort of outside of the actual space. And, and, and they, they just executed it terribly and it, it didn't make any sense. It rang hollow. So the GameStop marketplace is actually built on top of Ethereum. Like you need a crypto wallet to access the, the GameStop marketplace. Um, so they built it so that it fits in with the existing sort of community and what people are already doing, right? You don't have to like get off Ethereum and then go on to some other thing and make an account. Like you, you, it, you just trade it the same place you trade uh, all of your uh, NFT. So it's native and it's done well in that regard. Um, additionally, the, the Coinbase marketplace was, was from, from like a, just purely like a design perspective, it was complete trash. Like they didn't have basic, filtering capabilities to sort stuff. And it, it looked like they, they built the app in like one week or something. It was, it was just, it was just terrible. The, the GameStop app is, is, is really nice. I've, I've used it. I, I enjoy using it. It's fast. Um, and, and, and on the note of being fast, one thing that they did uh, that's really cool is they, they didn't build it on, on base layer Ethereum. They built it on Ethereum layer two. And I, I think we'll probably talk about this a little more in the next segment, but you know, layer two is this whole like ecosystem that's built on top of Ethereum. That's like way faster, way cheaper. So you can buy a NFT on the GameStop marketplace for like 75 cents in transaction costs. And that might cost you like 60, 70, 80 bucks to do it on OpenSea on, on ETH mainnet. So they've just like opened up this whole new market for kind of lower cost, cheap NFTs mm. that didn't exist before. Like on, on, on ETH, like it doesn't make any sense to buy a, a $20 NFT and then pay a hundred dollars in transaction costs to buy the right. NFT. So it just, right. it just doesn't exist. So I think for all those reasons, it's, it's, it's done, done really well. And I'm, I'm super optimistic about it moving forward. Yeah. We'll speak to that being optimistic about it happening more in the future. Do you think, is it something that we can, I, I don't know, anticipate to see, uh, to see more uh, companies doing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think in the future, like every movie that comes out it's gonna have like all it's gonna have nfts for the Fuck. movie so hollywood studios are all gonna do this um big brands like disney and marvel right they're probably gonna create like their own 
self-contained marketplaces. Um, but you're going to see creators as well, influencers, celebrities, musicians. Uh, pe- people are going to start realizing they can monetize their their influence in a way, and pe- people who figure out how to do it like tastefully in a in a non cash grabby fashion, I think, are going to do incredibly well in the next you know two, three, four years, however long it takes for this to play out. But I think NFTs are going to be everywhere at a, at a certain point in time. Maybe not next year. Um, but as soon as it's going to happen very quickly, like right now, it's just hard to use Ethereum still. Right. It just, it just is. Right. But pretty soon it's just going to be like an iPhone app that you download in the app store. You're going to just use, use your, like hook it up to Apple pay or something. You're not even going to know you're using Ethereum oh, and you're just going to be like, Oh, cool. I'm buying these, I'm buying these collectibles. I'm buying these trading cards. I'm buying this, like this comic book that Marvel put out for Spider-Man purely in NFT form. I'm buying these, these trading cards for athletes. You know, we already saw NBA top shot, like did this, um, last year, they launched like a whole NBA NFT trading card marketplace. And it was a massive hit and it only failed because they, they were very dumb about how they did the supply. Like they just right. flooded the marketplace with so many cards that they all just became worthless. Right. But people are going to figure out how to not fuck shit up like that. They're going to do these, these drops and like a more, you know, tasteful manner. It's, it's going to like, stuff's going to start looking a lot like the Nike shoe drops and stuff like that, you know, where there's this limited supply. It's done in a really nice way where like the, price doesn't crash people want them there's like a design artistic element to it like this is i'm really excited for what's what's coming to be honest well is um the fact that anything can be an nft is scary and also exciting but hilarious i remember somebody mentioned to me that a fart could be an nft now (laughs) that to me feels like okay this isn't real anymore that that's a such a hilarious thing to me that makes me not take this world serious but it's actually what something to be. That's that's not that, the worst idea I've ever heard. To be honest, that that's one of those things that's so stupid that it might actually work. Like a lot of successful NFT projects are just so bad that they're hilarious and dumb, and people just buy them for the memes. So I could see that maybe getting some traction. Maybe you should uh, move forward with that. Well, don't tell me how to live my life, but do tell me about <laughs> Polygon unveiling ZK, ZK EVM. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'll read, though, the headline underneath it. Popular Ethereum layer two scaling solution, Matic, has announced ZK EVM, which is also my TSA pre-check number. The world's first zero-knowledge <laughs> scaling solution that is, quote-unquote, fully compatible with Ethereum. Questions. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's unpack it one thing at a time, I guess. Uh first, what is Polygon? What is Matic? Um Polygon Matic, basically same thing. Polygon's like kind of name of the company, name of the platform. Matic is the the name of the token right. it uses. Um so at the very, very high level, Matic is a is a crypto coin. It's a token. It's a thing you buy and you hope the number goes up. But but what is the product? Um, Polygon is, is, is similar to Ethereum. It's a crypto platform where you can build apps. Um, you can interact with those apps. You can, you can send coins, you can do all the stuff you can do on Ethereum. Basically, um, it was originally designed as sort of like a scaling solution for, for Ethereum. And when, when we talk about scaling, we mean like, can we do more transactions? Can we do them faster? Can we do them cheaper? Because Ethereum 
at its base layer is is very slow. It's very expensive. Um, there's a there's a couple of main ways we've been scaling Ethereum. The first is to create something called like a side chain. A uh, side chain is basically what Polygon Matic has been for a long time. It's basically a clone of Ethereum that runs alongside Ethereum. You can use all the same coins, all the same apps, but it's not secured by Ethereum. So from the user's perspective, everything looks great. It's fast, it's cheap, but when you get kind of down to the nitty gritty, um, you actually don't have the security there. Um, so that's the, the downside of sidechains. The, the other way we're trying to scale Ethereum is through something called rollups, or what we kind of collectively call like layer two. So you can imagine we've got Ethereum on the bottom layer, and then we're building all these other ecosystems on top of Ethereum, and then everything sort of funnels down to it. So these layer twos, these rollups, these are similar to the side chains in that for the user, they're cheap, they're fast, but they are secured by actual the actual Ethereum network under underneath. So you kind of get like the boast of all bo the the best of all worlds. Now Polygon, the company, has been kind of doing a bunch of stuff, right? They they've been they've been looking basically acquiring all this different technology. So they, they're, they're kind of a side chain, but then they're also trying to put out technology that is like a, a layer two. They're trying to like put out this better product there. So this announcement, right? This announcement of the ZK EVM, um, this is referring to, am I, am I, am I, have, have I made your head explode already? Am I too far down the rabbit hole? No, I, uh, <laughs> I followed up until the last 14 seconds. Okay. 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 So we got, we got, we got to the point where we established, okay, what is a roll up? A roll up mm -hmm. is a ecosystem built on top of ETH that is faster, cheaper than ETH and secured by ETH. This is the future of Ethereum. This is the future of crypto. I would right. argue this is what everything is going to be happening. We're, we're going to be using apps and they're going to look like apps to us, right? They're just like the same apps we normally use, but they're actually going to be rollups. They're actually going to be crypto-based applications that mm. operate on top of Ethereum and sort of abstract all of this uh, away to the user. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. All right. Cool. Okay. If Matic, right, this layer two mm -hmm. scaling solution, which by the way, what does layer two mean? Like why is there a layer one? Is there a layer three? Yes. So ETH, ETH is layer one, right? The Ethereum gotcha. network as it was originally designed and exists today is layer one. It's gotcha. like this blockchain, you know, you've got, you've got groups of transactions all chained together. That's what a blockchain is, right? That, that's the, that's the, mm. the base layer of everything. Okay. And then layer two is everything we build on top of that, right? It's kind of similar to the web, like how underneath the web, we've got like HTTP and all these like protocols. And on top of them, we built like a layer of applications that use all that plumbing. But like you as the user don't see that. It's all been abstracted um, away from you. You just sort of interact with the, the top layer of infrastructure, if you will. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Well, this... Yeah. You, you mentioned this to me before we started, too, that there was a lot going on this week. Um, does that, is it almost like, um, you know, the way a sports fan gets excited if there's a lot of big trades? Um, and obviously, like, NFL training camp is getting ready to start, I think, today. When there's a week where there's a lot to talk about, is it exciting or is it overwhelming? 
I know for me it's exciting, but that's because I don't have a horse in the race as much as it, you do. It It is exciting. It's exciting in a very nerdy way. Like the re- recent times have been very exciting for ETH people, right? Because we've got, we got one huge thing coming up, right? right? Which is the merge. We talked about that a little last week in some previous episodes. For people who don't know what the merge is, this is, you know, potentially one of the greatest trades or happenings that's ever going to happen in crypto or has happened in crypto. And it could have just monumental consequences as far as like adoption goes, as far as the Ethereum price goes, uh, definitely look into that. But if you go even nerdier down the ETH rabbit hole, right? Like ETH heads are very into scaling ETH and the Mm. technology behind scaling ETH. The idea that we can have like tons of people using this thing and we can build this entire entire worlds on it. We can, we can build NFTs, we can do gaming, uh, metaverses, we can do decentralized finance, just whatever, build it all on this, right? That's what ETH heads are really geeking out about. And if you go further down that rabbit hole into layer twos, right? So we, we mentioned that uh, Matic, the, the, the big announcement was that they, they announced a ZK EVM. Right. Uh, so if you want to nerd out even a little bit more, we talked about rollups being this like layer built on top of ETH that we all interact with. Um, there's two main kinds of rollups that exist. One is one is an optimistic rollup. The other is a uh, zero knowledge rollup. That's what mm. the ZK there stands for. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole because I don't want it, to. It, it's just too much for this pod. But save it for next week. week. Yeah, for, for for you as a user, right? When you use an optimistic rollup, the 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 downside is you're you're using like an app, right? And when you want to take your money out, they're like, sure, you can have your money in 14 days, right? And that sucks. Um, so the zk version of these rollups, the thing that Polygon announced, is is a big deal because now the user can instantaneously go into the app and instantaneously come out of the app. So. Mm it reduces like an incredible amount of friction, right? So people are very excited about the ZK EVM because we can now build apps that are compatible with Ethereum, the Ethereum virtual machine. That's what the EVM part is. And there are zero knowledge rollups. That's the ZK. So you get an app that's compatible and then the user can kind of come and go as they please. It's just like a way better experience for the user, way better experience for the developers. Um, Us Ethereum nerds are like really excited about this because we yeah. think it's going to supercharge development and supercharge user adoption. And that, you know, that makes number go up, which is kind of what we all want at the end of the day. That makes number go up. Sounds like me trying to explain this to anybody <laughs> that makes number go up. Well, the numbers are going up, not only, uh, in the Ethereum layer two scaling solution, uh, world, but for this podcast, we just found out we broke 2 billion downloads last week. That's not true. But that's what I'll be saying in the upcoming episodes. Steve, another great episode of What the Heck is Crypto. You fucking broke it down. You laid it down. You educated. You informed. You did everything you're supposed to. And I hope you guys learned something. Uh, I know I did. Uh, this episode probably has, uh, has given me the most insight because I've had the less... Uh, I haven't smoked pot in about two weeks, so I feel very uh, able-bodied and um, and sharp to receive everything you're saying. And um, and Elon Musk, if you're listening, dude, buy Taco Bell. Twitter is too that's too real, man. You buy Taco Bell and take it back. People go, yeah, dude, that's nobody should do that, you know, unless you want to make the meat actual meat. 
quick question for you before we uh, break this off, Stephen. Taco Bell's meat's not meat, right? If he, uh, so what does the impossible mean? If Taco Bell did like an impossible taco? I mean, I, Hold I, it right I guess there. Your, like- your silence says everything. That's a teaser for next week. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on What the Heck is Crypto? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.